Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Scoopy Radio in your aux cord, in the car dealership, at the barbecue. Everywhere you want to be, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, the Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. And on the line right now, he really needs no introduction. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, pro bowler, all pro, everywhere in between. Carl Banks, what's going on, sir? I'm good, Scoop. How are you, sir? Man, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm trying to make it happen. You um, are a legend, and what I like most about um, your uh, transition from being an athlete is the fact that you got into entrepreneurship. I've always wanted to know, um, from your perspective, who uh, kind of dropped that seed in your in your brain um, to, and I guess, and how to transition into to entrepreneurship was it something you were born with? Is it something that you had veterans around you? What what made you so savvy uh, into the next phase? Well. Of life? You know, the interesting thing for me, I've always been intellectually curious. And there was a gentleman uh, when I was at Michigan State, and he actually was on the board of directors at Michigan State, not when I was there, but he was like a real estate developer, Joel Ferguson. And I met him through Magic Johnson, and a very successful uh, black man. And... You know, I was like, I started to really, you know, just pay attention and want to want to explore more about business. And then, you know, I got a chance to meet Bob Johnson of uh, BET. Um, I became even more interested. And then um, David Beckerman of Starter, the, the founder um, and owner of the Starter brand. Uh, like my second year at the NFL, in the NFL, I, got, I was a starter athlete. And I got a chance to spend some time with him, mm-hmm. and I just kind of it just kind of kept feeding the flame of wanting to to build something, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just started to just look for opportunities to to um, create something. I had a 
degree in communications from Michigan State, and I thought I'd be writing commercials if I wasn't playing football. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I was able to take advantage of that in an entrepreneurial way too to get kick off my my broadcasting career. But from the apparel standpoint, I, you know, I had learned enough to know that. Um, there were some opportunities for me. Nobody was doing big and tall NFL clothing. Nobody was doing outerwear, like NFL coats outside of the starter jackets, right? So mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm, I'm in New York. You know, um, a friend of mine, one of my best friends, uh, ended up, he's, he's, he passed away, but he was one of my business partners, my only business partner, uh, had introduced me to a sample room on uh, 37th Street, 38th Street in New York. And um, I just had this idea. I wanted to create these NFL leather jackets. And so um, I built a sample line, took it to the NFL. Um, and, you know, with a little back and forth and, you know, tweaking, they gave me a license to do big and tall suede only uh, leather jackets. And obviously my goal was to be the next starter, but I had to start somewhere. So, um <clears throat> I I um, started my business that way, and I grew it, and I became very good specialist at what I did in terms of the leather. Um, and then my business has expanded, you know, to all sports, just about every category, from swimwear, t-shirts, fleece. The only thing I don't do is shoes, um, <laughs> and we do it well. And you know, I'm actually considering a shoe brand right now to see if it fits in what we do. But um, that's how that started. And then on the broadcast side of the business, again, my my um, degree was in communications. And, you know, I started this, I had a concept that um, I wanted to do these luncheons, right? I wanted to do, um, this was before anybody was, like, having chalk talks. I used to have... I uh, connected with the people from the Doral Hotel, and they had a restaurant in Manhattan called Crystal Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And it was a private club, members only, but every week after um, a game, I would host a luncheon for businessmen. And it was private. They paid, but I would have any, you know, all of my, my teammates would do it from Lawrence Taylor to Phil Sims or whatever. And that was just kind of the beginning of the whole chalk talk and, you know, uh, the analysis of the game. But the other thing I did, um, which was pretty cool too, because I, you know, I took an appearance down in South Jersey for some organization and I was speaking there and this man came up to me um, and said that, you know, um, he appreciated how I played the game, but how I presented myself. And I, he, he, he told me who, who he was. His name was Wayne Vogel. I'll never forget. He worked for Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I got this really cool idea. I want to be able to do a post game. Now keep in mind, this is an 84 scoop. So, um, I told him I wanted to be, I wanted to do a post game report. So after every game, win or lose, I want to, you know, go on the radio and talk about the game. Right. And I want Coca-Cola to be my sponsor. He thought it was the coolest thing, right? Because nobody was doing it. Um, so 
what it ended up being, he took me to um, Westchester mm-hmm. to their Coca-Cola headquarters. There I met a gentleman, bright, bright guy named Jim Patton, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, not only do I like it, I have some other ideas. So we launched this Coca-Cola, uh, Carl Banks Coca-Cola report, which was um, after every game, I would go to the locker room, not the locker room, to the press box after I showered and, you know, do like an hour on the radio. And But I also, on Mondays, Bob Popper and I used to be in a cold bathroom at the bottom of Giant Stadium recording the Carl Banks scouting report. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of kind of kick-started my, um, my radio career because I came in with my own sponsor, and, which was cool, and it became very significant. Um, but then Jim Patton says, we're about to launch this two-liter bottle, and we don't know how to launch it into the market nationally. And he's like, you could be the guy because you're a football player. You got these big hands. You hold the bottle and it looks like it's a, you know, a, a 12 ounce bottle. Right. So, um, because they, they were one liter. So they did it in New York. I was on the side of every truck, you know, the, the thirst that Carl Banks on mm-hmm. and, um, it became a national campaign. So they did it in every NFL city. It was very successful the way they, um, they launched that program, and then I think Pepsi ended up doing similar with Shaquille O'Neal. So, um, but the thing is, and let me know if I'm talking too much, but you asked about this whole entrepreneurial thing. No, it's not. Um, so, what it also taught me is that you know you can you can create your own lane um, if your, your ideas are refined and to this day, I come with my own sponsors. So I get to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, off of, off of my, my different platforms. So, um, that's how it started. And my, my relationship with, um, WFAN CBS, um, has been great because I do the same thing. You know, I, I do a, a weekly report there that's fully sponsored. Um, Kia is one of my sponsors, which you know, I do drive a Kia, uh, real talk, and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, these are the type of relationships I build, um, and I do have something to say. That's the other thing about it, too. So it's just not about a clown show with me. Scoopy Radio on the line with a Beecher High School graduate, Carl Banks. I was reading a little bit about you, my, my buddy Eric Woodyard, now at uh, – Desert News in Utah was at the uh, was at M Live wrote a feature on you um, and talked about your journey uh, with him. This was written some years ago, but um, I, I think it's something in the air and in, in the state of Michigan. You look at guys like Jalen Rose, was a Michigan University of Michigan grad, not a Michigan State yeah. grad like yourself, but still Michigan. Um, there's something about just the way that you guys put things together and parlay. I don't care who it is, whether it's Detroit or it's Flint, you guys yeah. have your your got your hand in something. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and then you've got even my man, uh, Derek Coleman, the same way, man. We're mm-hmm. thinkers there, you know. Um, we love where we're from, but, you know, we, we always, we're dreamers. We think about it and we think about ways to execute things. So um, that's just how it goes down. And, and then, you know, we're we're people, 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 people persons also. Mm-hmm. Uh, not afraid to, to ask somebody you know, teach us how to do something or, or help us learn a different skill set. I remember the first Super Bowl that I actually watched 
was the 91 Super Bowl and the Super okay. Bowl 25. Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. You happen yep. to be participating in it. You guys got a one-point lead over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I started collecting baseball cards around that time. And um, I I've, I've remember the excitement that Giants fans had over the last 15 years, the two victories that you guys won, uh, both against the New England Patriots. You've been on the broadcast side. You've been on the field. Mm-hmm. Objectively speaking, which Super Bowl is the most exciting that you've experienced both as a broadcaster and as a player? Um, well, as a player, Super Bowl twenty one was probably uh, my most enjoyable. I actually had probably a, a, one of the more dominant football games by a defensive player in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um the second most enjoyable, there are a few enjoyables that I expected, but as a uh, broadcast, I would have to say the Super Bowl with the uh, David Tyree catch by the Giants. Was that 2011? Mm-hmm. No. It was just incredible. 2008. Yes. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think they were exciting. And when you talked about um, just the Giants' um, influence and the things that are going on there, I got to talk about today's current Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, with you, uh, when you look at the Des Bryant, uh, who you know that he and the Cowboys parted ways, could you envision a pairing of Odell Beckham Jr. and Des Bryant on the field? Probably not. Um, two alpha males, um, one who has not quite, well, both haven't figured it out, but in, at different uh, in different aspects of life, uh, of their football lives too. With Des Bryant, he hasn't quite adjusted to what his body can and cannot do anymore. And I don't think he's in denial, but medically, you know, he had two surgeries on his right foot. He hasn't been the same since. He hasn't been as explosive. Doesn't mean he can't play. But he's got to now use his football IQ along with his athleticism because he's still a very athletic guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But until he can accept that, okay, this is what I'm going to be, I'll be a number two, or I'll be a number one, but I'm going to be playing in a different role. Um, and then Odell Beckham, who's basically just scratching the surface, um, probably will be, if not the highest paid, one of the highest paid um, football players in the NFL, which I, you know, I'm, I'm happy about um, anytime a player of any position can raise the the bar it means it's better for all the other players underneath him. And that's something that, that fans don't um, quite understand. But, you know, from a from a, a a point of coexistence, I just think the alpha males and, you know, um, they've, they haven't quite figured it out. Odell's got a, you know, his, he's got some maturity um, that he has to achieve. And another guy has a different level of maturity or acceptance in, in what he can and cannot do. And, you know, it comes with time, I think. But uh, I don't think that would, that scenario is going to happen. And plus, you know, Dez is probably, and, and I don't like to talk about anybody's pockets because I, I think, you know, these players are worth as much as uh, any team willing to pay them. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the reality, he's coming off of $12 million a year. Twelve thirteen million a year. Some teams probably going to offer him less than half of that, right? So he's going to be mad, you know. And if he gets on a team where um, he can make, you know, five six million, which is nothing to sneeze at, but coming off being paid like one of the top receivers, 
to now seeing your value depreciated in the eyes of uh, the team that you're playing for, um, you combine that with a mindset of a guy who thinks that he should make more and a guy who's going to be probably the highest paid receiver, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be a healthy locker room. And even if they're friends, you know? Can you? Th- basketball is a totally different game than football, I believe. In basketball, you can have some alpha males there. You may have some friction, but it's a little different. Have you ever uh, seen, I guess, two alpha males coexist on the field? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's, it's unheard of, um, but there's always a distinct difference in the two. Um, and then in a lot of cases, the two players have either been drafted into the same family at one, you know, years apart or something like that, as to as opposed to a guy coming from another team being the king of that city. And now you got to mesh in and try to be the dominant personality there. Um, but I, I think it works. Like you said, basketball is a little different. But, you know, in basketball, ball don't lie. You know, game recognized game. Uh, football is a little different because unless you're a quarterback and there's only one of them, um, somebody's got to get you the ball. Mm-hmm. So, um but, you know, defensive players, you can get a very dominant defense, a lot of alpha males there offensively. Um, by the, I don't know if you can get two guys at the same position, especially offensively, um, mm-hmm. and, and think it works out. It just There's just too much competition. And, and like I said, somebody has to get the guy the ball. And the guy who doesn't get it is, if he's just a stronger personality, it just doesn't work out. Scoopy Radio on the line with Carl Banks. When you, I watched that game, uh, the preseason game, uh, the Browns and the Giants, uh, where Odell was hurt and, you know, subsequently it kind of, uh, changed the trajectory of his season in the Giants. When you look at, um, preseason football, when you played, um, were there, do you feel like th- there were as many precautions or guys were playing at breakneck speed or do, do you feel you guys were pretty much playing as if you were playing in a regular season game? Well, um, you played it like you were playing in a regular season game. What happens uh, is coaches would take care of you after maybe one or two games or something like that. But you got to play it hard until they take you out. Like, so um, your veteran players, if coach said, I need you to give me 12 plays, three series, and he'd tell the defense or the offense, if you guys aren't playing well, I'm leaving you out there. So that's telling everybody to better play at regular season speed so we can get off and enjoy some Gatorade and watch these rookies. Um, But it's uh, the game is is a little different. But I think, you know, teams have because let me just say because of the rule changes, um, there are so many things that players can't get accomplished in practice that they probably need a little more time. Mm-hmm. in preseason games because I just think the uh, fundamentals are just atrocious in live game action for the first month of the season. Both sides of the football, too, because they just don't hit and they don't engage each other. So when they're out there and they only play 10, 12, 15 plays, um, that's the best contact they've had all training camp. And when the season starts, it, it, it kind of shows up. But the skill position players have always had the same fears, not being ready for week one. 
And, you know, watching the unfortunate injury to Odell Beckham that just started this whole thing going was, you know, just proof of that. You know, the guys in the trenches, those are the ones that you need to get the banging. Um, but the, the skill position players, you know, they run. That's what they do. They run and they catch. And so <clears throat> do you want to risk it? Um, you want to get them some reps, but the things that they do, you can simulate in practice. And so that, I, I guess I'm curious. I've often said it, you know, lunchroom conversation, had Beckham not gotten hurt, the Giants would be further along. Do you subscribe to this past season to that theory that, you know, had he not gotten hurt, it would have been a different season this year? Um, I don't know how many more games they win or lose, but I think he gives them an opportunity to win football games. Uh, if he's healthy, um, do they have another head coach? Probably so. And by, barring they, you know, if they'd have gone to the playoffs, then it would have been um, the same coach as last year. But um, you know, he's a difference maker. That's the thing about it. His presence on a football field, and, and a lot of people um, say, well, he, you know, they still lose when he's out there. But your chances of winning are much better when he's out there because the same five-yard slant you throw for a gain of eight with him not on the field versus the five-yard slant that goes 85 yards for a touchdown, exact same route against exact same defenders, he's that guy that can change it for you. Listen to Scoop B Radio. You played for the Big Blue Wrecking Crew and played under legendary coach Bill Parcells. I consider him the Greg, the Greg Popovich of football. Um, just the way he has respect of his team or of the players, and it's his way or the Long Island Expressway. Where do you, <laughs> where, do you where do you place Bill Parcells um, as a coach at the NFL? Uh, I guess um, not much more. Yeah, I think he's right there. And my other coach, Bill Belichick, is right there as well. I mean, two just great football people, but they were guys, they were great teachers of the game. And I think that's what made them great. When you talk about having a relationship with players, mm-hmm. um, coaches that have great relationships with players, that know how to how to connect with players, it's because they're great teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not installers. They don't walk in front of the room uh, and, and install the plays for the week uh, as if they're serving, you know, frozen pizza. And there's sure. a lot of that going on in the NFL now. You know, here's my system. Here's what we're going to run. No, the, the great coaches in this league, and you can find them in any sport. They're teachers also. And, and um, you mentioned Greg Popovich. Just think about the, the conversation he had with LaMarcus Aldridge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he came there, um, this was clearly not as productive as they wanted him to be, or even as he probably wanted to be. He and that coach had a conversation, and there was criticism. He only When he got in the post, he only went left. He only went left. He never goes right or something like that. Next thing you know, this year he's doing a lot of different things, and I'm sure – that has a lot to do with the relationship he and the coach has um, and some of the things he, he, they worked on together. Scoop B Radio. You, again, being on that defensive team, I, I guess at a point you guys had to move on. You went younger, and the Giants went and got Jesse Armstead and Michael Strahan. What was a young Michael Strahan like? Uh, a fun guy, man. Um 
I've known Michael since since he walked into the league, and he's just a hard nosed guy. But the one thing you look for in a young rookie is the competitiveness, mm-hmm. and Strahan had that a real nasty mean streak. Um, Jesse Armstead was a guy who walked in the door with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played like that. And they, they became the next generation of leaders for the Giants. Now, you talked about Bill Belichick uh, a question ago. Uh, he, of course, was the defensive coordinator for the Giants uh, at one point. Um, were you around him at all, um, I guess, when he was around the Giants? Because I know um, – Yeah, my whole career. Okay. What was yeah, he like? He was, you know, he was like a student. He was a nerd. He 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 um, sleep, talk football, and he was a great teacher of the game, also. Um, and that's why his defenses were so good, and continue his teams are continuing to be so good because they're fundamentally sound. Uh, no wasted. Um, no wasted drills. Every drill you do, there's a reason for doing it. And he explains it to you. And he, you know, he kind of takes you back to a game of this is what you'll need against a team like this because they run these things and we've got to defeat this blocking scheme. I mean, it's all there. And he, as long as you're fundamentally sound, um, you're going to be okay with those guys. And we talked about the Popovich tree. I, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, with Belichick coming out of the the, the uh, Parcells tree, you know, there was mm-hmm. a parity there. Um, you living in, having lived in New Jersey and playing for the Giants, I close, I guess, com- would compare Belichick to that mindset to Lawrence Frank, who was a lifetime coach. What was special about him uh, when you when you were in the locker room, even back then? That you, did you know back then that there was something different about him? Yeah, um, because it was never about him. It was always about how can he get the players in the best position to be successful. And it's pretty easy for, if you got a Lawrence Taylor on your team, just to center everything around him mm-hmm. and just say, let me let him get off. But it was about the 11 guys on the field and one of those 11 was the very exceptional guy. So let's just make sure his greatness could help enable the rest of the team to have great success also and vice versa. If we can get other guys to do some things, Lawrence is maybe not so predictable and we can create the matchups that we want with him. So it was, um, it was one of those deals where Bill Belichick always made it about the players. And how we do this, if something, when you come off the field um, and Bill asks you a question, he probably already knows the answer to it. Um, if he asks two other guys before he gets to you, mm-hmm. what happened on a particular play? And if those two guys are pretty much saying the same thing, then he gets to you and you say something different, he knows you blew it. You know, uh, That's just how his teams and his defenses are set up because everybody – has to know what the other guy do what the other guy does. How would your Giants team match up with today's NFL? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um <laughs> I don't think we would be any less dominant. I mean, um the minds of the game has changed a bit, but I think the level of players <clears throat> that we had um athletic, athletic athletically 
we would be fine mentality we'd probably be thought of as criminals <laughs> because it was just a more physical game. Um, but with rule changes, we would have adjusted. We would have adjusted. That wouldn't be, an, that would not have been an issue because, and the reason I say that scoop is cause the same guy that coached us mm-hmm. is still coaching in the NFL now and winning mm-hmm. Super Bowls, And that's Bill Belichick. So I know we'd be okay. We've had a rack of uh, incoming NFL draftees uh, for 2018 uh, coming on Scoopy Radio, just talking about their draft process. What would a young, what would a uh, younger Carl Banks say to an older Carl Banks uh, in in your draft process? I guess to say thank you, you were right or you were wrong. Um, I would say the Younger to the older would say, thank you. I appreciate you telling me to stay humble and uh, just to work. Do you think that, um, I guess, in combined uh, things and, I guess, pre-draft, do you think it's overhyped? Do you think that people are just going off of a whim? Or do, do you do you really think that sometimes these players overthink their process and they should just go out and just be themselves? What, what do you think? What goes on in that process? Well, I think these guys train to, to to impress, or as they say, dress to impress. The reality is the guys that were dominant on the field, that's on tape already. Mm. And all you're doing is confirming the – you're confirming the the film by letting these guys see you in person. Some of these other guys need to impress – because they may not have been seen um, as much, maybe a smaller school. Maybe there are some guys that you like them on the field and you want to know what his attitude is like, uh, quarterbacks, or guys that are potentially really good football players. Or you may have some guys that have some character questions and you want to go see them, want to see how they approach the game. Are they professional? And then you want to go have some interviews with them. So I think the Combine has a purpose. Um, And some guys can improve their stock. If you are a projected first-rounder but low, you go out there and you show out, you you get moved up the list. If you're the Giants, what is your biggest need in the draft and who would you pick up? You need good football players. If I'm the Giants, I'm finding I'm finding good football players. But um you've gotta be smart about how you pick players and you've gotta be smart about your roster. Even though you're a first year coach, you've gotta really evaluate your roster. Um you only won a few games last year, so there's a lot of needs there. Um I think a running back for me works because if you have an opportunity to have uh to have Eli for a couple more years and his backup may be on that roster um you say let me give me a running back let me fix my defense and my offensive line and we're going to be okay if um you don't think your quarterback is on the roster and you still don't think very highly of the quarterbacks coming in this year you still go with a um a running back, but you may trade out of the number two pick and be able to get two players for one. But it's it's um, an interesting place to be in, but you earned it because you sucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> so 
um, you you have to be smart about how you go about it, not by what the um, what the headlines say. Last question for you. I know about me. I know that when someone says I can't do something, I use that as bulletin board material because I know I can do it. As right. a player, what was the biggest thing that someone said you couldn't do, and you went out and you proved their ass wrong? Uh ha! Wow. Listen to Scoop B Radio. Holler. Play. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to say this, but yeah, I've been said. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say, it. And, and I'm not. I'm not putting myself. Um, but but pe- the people were saying, you know, you couldn't play as well as Lawrence Taylor. You know, it's Lawrence Taylor and the rest of them bums or whatever. And I knew I could carve out a space. And I knew if I could play at a level that was acceptable to Lawrence Taylor, I was okay. So, yeah, I, I you know, being the other guy on that team wasn't bad. But being respected as just as good in some circles um, was even better for me. Enough said. We talked about past Giants, current Giants, what the Giants need to do, and most importantly, about your business acumen. Sir, thank you so much for joining Scoop B Radio. Thank you for having me, bro. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 